And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. Forget you were. About I almost went into the uh, Bearing Arms Cam and Company spiel. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, just no. for a second. I That's forgot what I was doing. No, you did that already. There are no I? cameras on me, so no, this is goodness. forty acres and a fool. I, I don't <laughs> want any cameras on me either. Thank you very much. My I, hair is awkward. Hey, yeah. So I am obviously joined by the lovely and talented Miss E. Apologies uh, for not getting a podcast out last week. Uh, life happens. Yeah, and death. Uh, as a matter of fact, we we could probably start there with the. Uh, Craptastic week we had of the chicken massacres. Yeah. I mean, we started last week with, what, 10 hens? No, we had 11 because the new girl made the ninth that was in lockdown. And, and then we, had, then we two. had two who were the free rangers. So we had 11 hens last week. Yep. We have two. We have two. Today. We have had three horrific possum attacks in the coop. In that the first night we didn't shut the door up and they got in and just took off with bodies. Mm-hmm. They managed to climb over the fence and right. break through the deer net to get to the open door. And then we shut the door. Chickens were locked up, mm-hmm. but they broke. A, there was a crack in the very brittle plastic window. Um, and they broke that through they the window. literally ripped the window apart to get into the coop to kill more chickens. And then, yeah, we thought we we had a handle on it because the first night I managed to shoot one. And then the second, that same night, you managed to trap one in the garbage that we disposed of the next morning. Yeah. And we thought we had that all under control. But no, one more dead chicken this morning. And they were, I have no idea what, I guess we have more possums than we thought. But Well, so there is another possibility um, that it's not possums. That we killed the wrong animals and it's probably a raccoon? Well, not necessarily the wrong animals because possums go after chickens too. So it's I think it's still good that we dispatch the possums. But I'm starting to... I mean, either there's a third possum that we haven't seen because we, we had seen two running around. Right. Um, so either there's a third one that I haven't seen or raccoons. And the fact that it went through the window... It makes you think it might be a raccoon. Kind of makes me think it was a raccoon. Well, it can't get in there now. No. Because we have a new and improved uh, carbonated poly polycarbonate panel that is now the new window. Yes. You took advantage of the fact that uh, you were off for Veterans Day today. And thank you to all who've served. Uh, and uh, you went and, and uh, put that on the coop while I was at work. And yep. it was done. You did a good job, too. It's not going anywhere. No, I don't think so. And so what it is is... Um, so what we had, it's, 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 the coop is like, what, four feet long now. It's like six, eight feet long and four feet wide. So mm. it's a narrow little rectangle with a shed roof that pitches to the back. So in the front, there's a big 84-inch, well, 80-inch by 20-inch opening that was the window. And then there was a center pole support. And what was there when we bought it was that plastic wavy stuff. Almost, yeah, it almost looks like a, a tin roof, but it's it's But it's plastic. clear, it's plastic. clear plastic. plastic. And it's six years old now. Right. And it got very, very brittle. And I think, what, maybe a year or two ago, we got a crack in it and never mm-hmm. did anything about it. And then they totally mangled it up. Well, I went to go get more. And I was just like, well, this is still really thin. Flimsy. And, flimsy. Yeah. And the same thing might just happen again, even brand new, because it's still thin. They might just start ripping it apart. Right. So what I got instead, it was probably, I don't know, twice as much money, but I feel much more secure in it. 
it's a piece of corrugated polycarbonate and it's a panel and it's probably a good third of an inch to a quarter of an inch thick of this fairly solid plastic that still lets 80% of the light through. Mm -hmm. And so I covered it, overlapped it. I put in um, what they recommended is like this almost, it was like almost like a one inch, half inch thick foam with a sticky back. And so since it was clear, I just went through with a Sharpie and drew black dots where all my screw points were going to go. Like mm -hmm. I had to pre-drill holes. And then I just went straight down those dots with this stuff on the top and the bottom of the panel. And so once I uh, put it up against the window and got everything kind of measured-ish, kind of yeah. even around all because I was kind of doing it by myself, I drew, I drew just kind of blindly drilled, not blindly, but in sort of in the center <laughs> of everything. I put one of the screws in to hold everything, and then I drilled pilot holes in all my other holes and then put in all the other screws. Okay. And so I saved the original because the original was like a two-inch long with a built-in washer, and I bought one inch. But it was also going through deeper material because, remember, we had the, the undulating curves, which comes with this really interesting frame. So right. it has to be able to fit through the width of the frame and then get into the wood. Yeah. So what I did to reuse some, though, because like I said, remember we had that center post? Mm -hmm. I shored up the whole thing with the three-inch or the two-inch long pins up that center post at oh. each corner because I was afraid there would be too much screws coming through the other side okay. to hurt the chickens. Yeah. But in the corners, it was like almost up to the walls. So the very four, four corners and the whole four down the center are solidly held in there with two inch long. And then all of the others, which are just 12 inches apart along the whole 84, 26 inch, whatever scheme. Yeah. Um, those are about one inch, but th that thing is not going anywhere. So take that, possums so or raccoons. So we've got the... the the foam in there as the insulation and then on either end because it's a piece of like it's corrugated cardboard so when you cut it open it's holes yeah. little tunnels right and i had left over um silicon sealant caulky stuff mm -hmm. from when i built the greenhouse mm -hmm. so i just used that and ran some really thick beads down side. along the sides and kind of shoved it in the hole so nothing can get in there okay now so it makes it even more um Proofed. Yeah. You know, certainly, dirt can't get in, bugs can't right. get in, moisture can't get in. Yeah. So it's also going to be more insulated, too, because now all that air is going to be trapped in yep. the little bubbles versus flooding. You know, right. You know what I mean? Yes, versus uh, flowing through the, the So our three little channels. girls, our three little scared chickens, and one of them who managed to um, make it actually was injured. On the on one of the yeah. second attacks. Oh, she's and still I, she's, she's still, still there? alive. She's still fine, and she did not lose the eye that I thought she lost. Oh no! No, that whole side of her face is like already clearing up, and it's a good thing she kind of got injured in the one eye because I was able to go down to the coop and hold her and spray the crap out of her head with that. It's basically a it's a veterinarian version of like Bactricide. Mm. I think it's called Vetricide. Okay, it's a blue antiseptic spray. And I was able to just spray and soak her whole head the day after the attack. But I thought she had lost her eye. But she, no. She's it's, got it. It's, she still has her eye. Oh, and that's her, good. And her face is clearing up already. Oh, good. So that, she's, that and was she was Lola. out eating and drinking. Yeah, yes. one of the greys. Lola, yeah, one of the greys. So we lost poor Cameron, Cameron Gray. I know. Um, but I haven't, Lola's I haven't still informed around. Cameron oh. on Twitter yet. But uh, we lost almost everybody. I mean, we lost Chipetta, who was our oldest. She was, she was, she was born here. She was six in October, 
And she was one of the very first batch of chickens that I let my chickens hatch out on their own. She was the only one that made it. She made it to six. And she laid a light blue egg. And what's worse is, like, all of the girls were molting. We weren't getting any eggs. Right. We weren't getting any eggs now. No, except for Ida. Who was our free-range chicken. Who was one of our Indinis. And we feel so bad because... We locked her up and she got killed. Right. I know. That sucks. That it's really like, sucks. Like, like she was probably safer free range, and we were just probably concerned because so. it was getting cold. And I know. I, I'm just attacked in the yard. I, I'm so mad. I, I really am. And so uh, we've got we've got some uh, live traps. We're probably going to end up trapping the barn cats a couple of times before they figure out to not go in there. But yeah. uh, my hope is that we can put that out and we'll trap whatever it is that is getting into the coop. Meanwhile, the fence has been reinforced. The roof has been, re- the window has been reinforced. All the locks have been double checked. They're locked up pretty tight tonight. Yeah. Part of the problem, though, is that some of the attacks have happened when during not, the daylight, like yeah. at dusk, you yeah. know, and it's sort of, it's still afternoon. It's before we've fed the chickens. Yeah. Because we've gone down to feed them dinner and it's, there's been a body. Yeah. Um, so that, too, is kind of concerning to me. Um but anyway, we've got uh, yeah, we've got two hens and uh, and a, a scared rooster that uh, is not living up to his keep right now. Certainly wasn't injured at all. I know. And I'm not exactly sure what the bleep he's doing with his two inch long big spikes on the right? back of his feet. If he's, and who knows? We didn't see the enemy. Maybe hit that enemy has some holes poked in it that we don't know. About. Maybe. But there's not a lot of space in the coop to fight no. either. So and you know you might be. Stabbing the wrong thing. I guess. I, I don't know. know. I'm He's still, always been kind of a wussy I'm rooster. I'm still a little disappointed in our in our rooster, Mr. Crow. Um, <laughs> so this weekend, there is a farm swap at a tractor supply in Powhatan, uh, Virginia, which is... Uh, Actually, 40. I think it's in the Powhatan. No, it's at the tractor supply in Midlothian. Oh, it's in Midlothian. Yeah, it's in Midlothian. Oh, even further away. It's a little further away. Okay. Well, it's supposedly a big one. So we're going to go and we're going to... See if they have any chickens. See if they have any chickens. We went on Craigslist. We found a couple of places that have some red sex links and some black sex links. And I found a farm. I think it's out, um, I think, Bedford County. Mm-hmm. It was, I bookmarked it. It's like Windy something farm. And they sell all kinds of chickens. Like all the, all the time? All the time. That's what they do. Okay. Um, and they have different kinds. So maybe we could just get a whole bunch of brown hiding in the grass chickens that no one could find. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Well, we can go out there and then take a look... Uh, as I was driving back from the uh, Farmville studio of Barry Arms Camera Company today, I got stuck behind a poultry mm. semi. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I could probably take 10 of those off the back of the truck and nobody would be any the wiser. Except for the broilers. I know. So they're not really exactly. going to lay any eggs. I know. So I wish them well. And, yeah. Uh, Send them on their way to our dinner plates. Yeah. Thankfully, they'll turn into <laughs> next week's chicken nuggets. So that was depressing. Uh, and and that wasn't even, like, really the worst of it. The worst of it, I think, was... And we don't normally talk politics here on 40 Acres and a Fool. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking politics. Yeah, I We've talked a lot about that on Barry Arms Camera Company. I will say that to my uh, gun control listener, and I know that there's at least one of them, who listens because she loves Miss E and she loves the podcast, despite the fact that she and I disagree uh, very vehemently on a lot of uh, gun issues. Uh, to my gun control listening friend, I will see you at the state capitol, I'm sure, at some point in January because uh, gun owners are not giving up. We are certainly going to be playing defense for the first time in 26 years in Virginia. 
but we are not giving up. As a matter of fact, uh, Campbell County, Virginia, uh, has become the first county to declare itself a Second Amendment sanctuary since the elections less than a week ago as we record this broadcast, and I suspect that will be the first of many. So stay tuned, but if you're a not, if you're a gun owner and you don't live in Virginia, pay close attention because this is what they want to do to you. Yeah, I think Texas was next up in the scopes, right? Yeah, and so people then, are going to be like, ah, come on, it's Texas. But uh, uh, right. people from California have moved to Texas and are turning it into California. Well, and, and, and gun control advocates believe, whether you want to believe it or not, they believe that they have found a winning formula and a winning strategy. And it involves... Attacking mothers. Well, scaring moms. Pretty much, and but really, they're attacking but, them yeah, in targeting, scary. They're targeting, targeting them, not attacking, them. but targeting them. Targeting them by making them feel like, don't you want the best for your children? Why you, Why would you let people have guns? You want the best for your children? Nobody should guns. Okay, yeah, I want the best for my children. I want my daughters to learn how to use a gun so they can be armed to protect themselves. That's the best I want for my children. What right. kind of children are you raising? Um, but they're being smart about it because a lot of these ads and again they're targeting specifically suburban moms yeah um our old neighbors and it's not they're not saying you know nobody should have a gun it's just that you know we need these common sense laws and who needs these battlefield weapons of war and who needs these 20 round magazines or they don't say who needs a 17 round magazine right they might find for your glock they don't talk about that they're, again they're 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 very smart and strategic in what they're doing and they are going to be trying to replicate the success that they had in Virginia in as many states as they possibly can and then there's the chance that Michael Bloomberg might actually run for president uh, oh, yeah. so <laughs> and then we'll all be drinking tiny cokes and right. not being able to have guns and yeah I mean I I still don't think he's he's officially going to run there was a poll that came out over the weekend it was the first poll that included him as a as a choice he got 4% of the vote among democrat Voters and just, he had like the highest unfavorable ratings of any candidate. I'm just, I just don't like. I, we already talked about this. Yeah. And why I, I read an article and they kind of like pointed out why he's not. It's just not going to work for him to be a Democratic candidate. Right. And it's just because this is not the direction. He is the kind of person that, that the, the 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 Democratic Party in general is just like. Yeah, we're we're not. No, I don't think so. so right. They're not looking for somebody who, billionaires. First of all, because they, they don't like. Trump, so they don't want another billionaire in charge. Right. And they don't want somebody he's actually he used to be a Republican. He's very he's very much pretty much a conservative kind of person uh, overall. Uh, overall. Uh, uh, let's put it this way. He's what passes for a moderate among Democrats. Okay. Um he's not a quote unquote progressive. All right, so but he's not the lefty progressives of the Trump right. push on. He's him not right Elizabeth Warren. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and so you're he's right. not fitting in the field. He's better than Biden. But he's not polling better than Biden. No. Uh, and uh, oh, did you see he did it again? Biden with his creepy crap. He cannot keep his hands off people. He keeps saying, <laughs> "Oh yeah, I'm still learning. I'm figuring out those personal boundaries." Meanwhile, he goes face to face with some girl, little teenage type, preteen girl, and like mm-hmm. rubs her nose and tries to get her to do. And then he's Weird. like grabs another one by, gives him a hug, and puts his fingers in her hair. I'm like. Dude, you just don't touch strange people that way. It doesn't matter who the people, the blank you think you are. <laughs> Get a goat if you need to like love on something. You know they're Get pretty a, huggable and lovable. Or a, or a dog. 
Something. Get a stuffed toy. Not I'll, a, not I'll a, not a tween. You. I'll crochet you a little thing, not a human, because that would be really extra creepy, but I'll crochet you a little cuddled thing of your own little animal creation desires. Stop touching women and children inappropriately. Uncle Joe, you're creeping me out. All right, no more politics. No, no more politics. Let's talk tomatoes uh, instead. We can. Uh, wait, so actually, the garden is officially done. We've had our first hard freeze. It's oh, over. Everything's yep. dead. All the plants are dead. So we can we can have a a, a post garden post mortem, I guess. Post garden mortem. I don't know how you pronounce that or how you say it, but let's <laughs> make up our own word. It's a post garden. Post garden. Post garden. Okay. So I feel pretty good about. Our, our gardening this year. The, well, we only grew one thing. I know, but we, we did, did it pretty it really well. well. So, <laughs> yes, the, raised, the six raised, the five raised beds that we had all the tomatoes in did most awesomely this year. I have uh, bags and bags of frozen whole tomatoes that I can turn into sauce or whatever when I need them. Um, I think what I would like to do, and we, go ahead. one of the things that I would like to do is get a couple more raised beds for the front for the paste because i know that we doubled up everything thinking that some stuff was going to die and then nothing died and so the paste beds got really crowded yeah probably and i don't think they did as well as they could have less plants per bed yeah yeah no you're right we did have a lot of beds a lot of plants we did and we got a lot of fruit but I just don't think that it did as well as it should have. But the paste plants did so much better than the slicers. It was like we got like yeah. one Cherokee gold and we didn't have that bed wasn't crowded at all. I mean, it was no, nah, it was crowded. It really was. It wasn't as crowded as one of the paste beds was. Okay. And then one paste bed just I don't I don't know. We ended up getting blossom in rot and we fought with that all summer yeah. long. But I'm gonna I've got already I'm planning ahead for that because we can probably go since these are raised beds and we always throw nutrients in and mm-hmm. like break it up and move it around. We can probably just go ahead and use them for tomatoes again next year. So um, once we pull next this coming weekend, mm-hmm. we can go ahead and clean up our gardens and pull out all the dead stuff, mm-hmm. all those eggshells in the kitchen. Yeah. Every bed's getting a nice layer of them, and we're just going to do a mixy mix so they sit there all winter. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I give our tomatoes probably an A minus. Okay. Uh, the cherries were fantastic. We, did, I mean, again, I, I don't know, I don't know if we just do really well with cherries or, or cherries are the and way to go. And they when were it just comes still, like, they tomatoes. were also crowded beds too. They were, but, but we didn't did seem rain. to have the issues. No, you know, we didn't now, get now, blossom didn't have, rot. No, we didn't get blossom and rot. I would say some varieties did better than others because um, we had probably twelve different varieties. No, we only had six. Did we? Yeah, we had three in each bed. Okay. Two on each side, yeah. and one in the back and one in the front that were different. Okay, well maybe they did all all right then. Yeah, actually they did about it. all all right because we, you know, we only had a couple of different types because we, we've we've gone crazy and had twelve and sixteen yes. salad types of tomatoes right. and we don't need that many. No. So this year we cut back and we did the two beds of cherries and the two beds of paste because the paste were for making sauces and food. Yeah. And then we had the one. And the for two slices. beds of cherries, honestly, like we had more than enough we cherry made, tomatoes we all ended year up long. <laughs> at the end of it pulling off so many cherry tomatoes that I ended up making two batches you made another of batch of tomato, tomato wine and I needed four pounds of tomatoes to do those. And I used all cherry tomatoes. So that's pretty cool, though. But that's cool because 
you know, we have run into that in the past where at the end of the season it's like, what all right, you've got cherries. Right, because you, you can't really sauce them. No, they're um, they don't they're so wet mm-hmm. and they're they're more they're just they're just more for just eating at a la minute. Right. You know, you don't really store cherry tomatoes. But like now turning the them Juli- into booze, like that's fantastic, right? Yeah, but the Juliets, um, they're more of I don't know what they're called. I don't know whether they're considered a grape because they're kind of big. They're like, how many inches is that? Like an inch and a half? Yeah. So they're an inch and a half long oblong, but they have a slightly thicker Mm -hmm. skin on the outside. So they make really good pickled tomatoes. But other than that, there's not a lot you can do with... Except now turn them into wine. Turn them into wine. I've turned them into... uh, I turned all of the yellow cherries and the yellow tomatoes I had one year into a... Honey, yellow tomato honey butter or something weird, or mm-hmm. honey tomato yellow whatever. It was like a habanero tomato jelly or something. Well, like I that. did a I did a habanero uh, tomato thing, and then this year I did a peach habanero mm. sauce. Yeah, we that's got all delicious. Peaches at the beginning of September. Yeah, that's not the pepper. So anyway, yeah, the tomatoes did really really well. I like the raised beds. I want to do more raised beds, um, but I also want to get. Regular, regular beds of vegetables and stuff that we eat all the time. Yeah. So not just tomatoes for... <laughs> ah, sorry. Trying not to sneeze, but can't keep stopping and starting the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's getting like... <laughs> sorry. Um, but yeah, I want um, green beans because we eat them and we didn't have a very good year with carrots this time around because we didn't have them in a sunny enough spot. So have a nice big deep bed just specifically to put some carrots in because um, we cook carrots but uh, kid three and I have discovered um, there's a you can buy them at the grocery store they're actually carrots that are cut nice and thin in, in like a waffle cut mm-hmm. so they're almost like waffle chips okay but carrots okay and so dip them in ranch dip them in blue cheese dressing they're really yummy but you're eating carrots so they're not dried not dry fresh carrots okay. just cut in a waffle but I want to grow some like kind of fatter carrots to do that with you can't do that with some of those like skinnier fun colored yeah. heirlooms but like i think we had a parisian bulb mm-hmm. there was like a danbrook something think, that yeah. were like nice and fat so i want to grow i want to have some deep beds for those we like beets mm-hmm. um and then i just i want to just have some ad hoc to make potato beds just put a pile of dirt in somewhere in, yeah. in, in the yard in the garden overall <laughs> Mixed in around where we have all, all the Don't talk uh, so much with your beds. hands. I know, I can't help myself. Oh my Mike down. Mike down. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so that's, yeah, I want to get some more of those. Or just, you know, also just build some of them ourselves. Because I know um, our friend Liv, and she changed her um, Instagram, so she's not Jordini's farm anymore, but I can't remember. So she's not farming much, but okay. she's just doing for herself. Um, but she, she did high. I'm not, it's Hagelkufer or Hugelhoff or some uh-huh. kind of. Hasselhoff? No, it's not no. David Hasselhoff, Gray's Garden Beds, but it's like where you put the, you know, kind of rocks and sand in the bottom and, and trunks of trees and, and mulch and dirt. And it just sort of, the whole thing will start to break down, but it's in a raised bed. So you just start adding more matter and compost on the top and it sort of goes down. So okay. that kind of, we certainly can do that kind of thing. We have plenty of rocks for drainage to put in the yes, bottom. Yes, we do. And we have um, trees down and branches we can walk through our woods and just sort of, you know. Yeah. We can keep the pretty garden beds out in the front yard and put right. those, you know, had hoc Hagel- build them ourselves. Hoggle, hoogle, hoogle, hey, yeah, David Hasselhoff beds in the back. <laughs> Okay. 
So, I like that idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the peppers uh, were kind of a bonus because... We, we didn't think they would do anything because we completely forgot about them. Right. And yet they still kept managing to pop peppers. Yep. I think I got two more quarts. So, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, for, right before you know, they frost hit. Just leaving them alone yeah. and not doing anything with them, including during the drought. Not even watering them. Right, for like and, two months. Because we figured, oh, well, they're goners. Yeah, there were just some plants that we were like, and not all of them made it, but yeah. we did have some pretty prolific ones. The yeah. uh, Thai chilies, uh, the habaneros did really well. The uh, Mad Hatters did really well. Some green, um, like a not, it wasn't a. It was a, it was a serrano. serrano. The yeah. serranos did really well, and the chilies, and yeah, we did get some of those funky little Mad Hatters, but we didn't get a lot of habaneros at all. Okay. No, we got the, a lot of the serranos, lots and lots of serranos. Okay. But yeah, I got like I said, I got two more quart jars started for like next year's sauce. And then I've given up on blueberries because I ended up buying three more plants. <laughs> Only one of them took root. And then, and then it got eaten by goats. Yeah. Uh, so no more blueberries. Just, but we'll have the ones that we have. We'll trim them <laughs> and give them a good haircut for next spring. And- but when we were uh, walking uh, around the property uh, over the weekend, oh yeah, we down to the we went down to the creek, and so that's our area, our kind of our shooting area as well. And it, it had some issues. We ended up. Um, it just ended up being like a swampy mess most of the year, and so. We didn't get a chance to use it as much, but but uh, down there, there's a big tree that's like right in the middle of the clearing, and it is a persimmon tree, and it's really tall. Like, the persimmons probably don't even start until you get up about so 12 feet. Yeah, right? yeah, at least 18 feet. It's like past the first floor. This is like a five, four-story tall tree, and all the fruit is from the second, third, right. fourth floor. But we noticed... That there were a lot, lot more yeah. persimmon trees down, like on the all, creek bed. The, the leaves have all fallen, right? But the fruits are still hanging <laughs> on. So if you look up at these tall, skinny trees, you can see all these crazy little tiny persimmons, and they're not the big uh, apple size, small apple size ones you see in the grocery store. These are the size of a cherry. Mm-hmm. These are really little. I wonder, and, and by the way, we've never actually been able to taste one. I tasted a good that, one once. Did you? Yes, because it was ripe, had fallen to the ground. I took my chances. That's why I have cancer. I eat food <laughs> off the ground all the time. Um, and I was like, wow. Most of the time, however, I it's almost ripe, but not enough. And I take a little lick, and my whole mouth is an astringent, crook, puckered up yeah, disaster. It is the worst. Those are weird. They when really they're not are. Ripe. The the the. It's they like suck all the moisture out of your mouth. It's saltpeter, alum. I don't alum, know what it is. It's yeah. more like alum. It's like such a weird astringently thing that Metal you're like taste, alkaline. Yeah. And you're like Ugh. right. Yeah, that happened to me a couple of times last night. So, but, yeah, walking around <laughs> trying to figure out, is this one ripe? It's off. <laughs> and she but kept I, doing it. I she kept doing like it, but I times. did get like seven seeds that I, uh, I'm i trying to see if I can germinate and see if I can grow some, get some trees to grow up near the house. Right. And then we can keep them pruned so that we can actually reach the fruits. Yes. The trick is to keep them away from goats and deer at that point. That's right. probably why they're so tall. Yes. So we're going to have to like put them in the little tubes, I think, and protect them from the from the goats and the deer once yeah. they and then take off. Put them in fencing. Yeah, that once too. Once they do gar- start growing, if we want to keep them small. But right. anyway, we we harvested some persimmon, persimmon seeds. seeds. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a chance to walk around on a, a beautiful fall afternoon and, and get a chance to enjoy some of the 
the property. Right now, I am looking at uh, this little alien invasion that's been happening here. Oh, the, the Asian, Asian lady beetles. Yeah, they're not ladybugs. They're not, cute they're ladybugs. not the friendly, happy ladybugs that everybody likes. These things look like them, but they're evil, and they will get in your house, and they will bite you. Yes. Because they like the warm, and we didn't know about that the first year we moved here, and they really like white houses. So our house is covered with them. Mm-hmm. Your office is covered mm-hmm. with them. And at the first year we were here, we didn't realize how bad they got, but they kept getting into uh, the youngest child's bathroom, and she'd wake up getting bit by them in the night. We were like... Because they'd go under the covers for warmth. For warmth. They're going into there with her with warmth, and we're like... Surely these happy little ladybugs, these aren't happy ladybugs, these are evil. This is one of those, this is like the bug version of kudzu in the south. Yes, so there are right now two flying around my office that I can see. There's a dead one. And there's a dead one that I, oh, okay. It's like it got cool and all of And I probably squished like two dozen of them today, too. Well, I had, I... I was uh, pulling around all the uh, extension cords so that I could run my electric drill down to the chicken coop. 300, or at least 250 feet, I think. At least 300. Okay. So it took me three extension cords. (laughs) Wow. And not quite all the last one. But my battery powered... It wasn't going to have the oh, torque okay. to be able to push those screws through. I mean, I did pre-drill the holes, but still. You're going to sneeze again, aren't you? I am. Hang right. on one second. Okay. Sneeze averted, or at least not heard. Um, sneeze crisis averted. Level one. <laughs> so you wanted to talk cookbooks. Well, so, yeah, because I'm always posting things, and if it's my recipe, I'll add up to it, and I'll try to share it, and I usually write it up and post it on uh, Facebook, on the Corny Goat Farm page, because mm-hmm. you can't really post a picture of a recipe on instagram Doesn't make sure you're following well. us uh, on so, facebook at yeah. corny goat farm by the way you can also email us at 40 acre fool at gmail.com we should probably change that to to corny goat farm uh, yeah probably so whatever but this is still 40 acres and a fool of the podcast so it is uh i get yes. my own email address maybe if i cared that much but <laughs> I, no we just share so yeah write us at 40 acre fool at gmail.com you can uh, snail mail us at p.o box 817 farmville virginia uh, two three nine zero one. No. Yeah. Seven three. No. Two three nine zero one. No, not. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Two three nine two. zero one. Seven three is when we lived in Oklahoma City. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. What a right. Hey, brain. Yeah. Right. Welcome to two thousand three. Um, Seven three one one eight. I think. I think you're right. For three houses. That's yeah. the funniest thing. We lived. We we moved. From a, a second floor duplex to a rent house, and then we bought our own house in the course of the seven years or so we lived mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. But we we kept the same zip code and right. the same phone number because we only moved within blocks of one. We really liked that area a lot. We liked that area, and we knew we could afford it. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was totally close to work, terribly affordable. Right. Um, but but so speaking of affordable, so I, I share a lot of the well, recipes— P.O. Box A17. Just to do it without, you know, interrupting ourselves. We if you want to send it. us a snail, no, we oh, didn't. Sorry. We interrupt okay, it. If fine, you want to send Go. us a, a card, we had a very lovely card, by the way, sent to Missy a few days ago. Oh, yeah. And I wrote a thank you card back. Thank you so much because I'm totally spaced on the name, but it was just such the, the sweetest thing and full of encouragement and really nice, kind words. And yeah. I just, it and it was totally just out of nowhere. Me. Out of nowhere, just total smile cry. So, yeah. yeah. So, thank you for that. Um, anyway, and so if you want to just, you know, drop random notes of encouragement or uh, uh, large unmarked bills, uh, it is. 
P.O. Box 817, Farmville, Virginia, 23901-0817. All right, back to your regularly scheduled tangent. Okay. <laughs> How do you regularly schedule a tangent? <laughs> it wasn't. We were actually talking about that first, and then you went on the whole how to contact us You're tangent. right. Okay, so back to what you wanted to talk about instead of what I diverted us to. Right. So Cookbooks. the other day on Instagram, I shared what was supposed to be like the perfect chocolate chip cookie recipe um, that was shared or it was in a Cook's Illustrated all-time best baking cookbook. Well, it's not a cookbook. It's like a magazine that has nothing but recipes. And it was $9.95. And the reason I bought this one is because not that long ago, I bought another one of their, theirs, and it was like 50 recipes from around the world or something. Mm-hmm. And we've already eaten four or five things out of that. Yeah. And again, it's not a cookbook. It's a magazine that has recipes on every single page, and it's only nine ninety five. It's one of those impulse buys at the grocery store checkout stand. Yeah, actually, in, except for in this case, the all-time best baking was an impulse at the tractor, tractor supply, supply. Yeah. magazine rack. Yeah. But it's just, I just like... I've had a lot of people comment, oh, cookbook, cookbook. Because, yeah, buying a book gets kind of expensive after a while. It does. But if this is a magazine for, okay, so it's twice as much. Okay, so for people is three. It's three times as much as a people. But a people has maybe one recipe in it, if you're lucky. Right. Or even a Better Homes and Gardens has seven. Yeah, and a people you read and like 90 minutes later, you're done with it forever. Like right. this one, you end up. You're going to keep this on your shelf. Yeah. Because this one has a, these Cook's Illustrated cook magazines, like little cook booklets, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them, they have a lot of really great recipes. And if you don't, uh, if you haven't actually heard of the magazine them- itself, I get the pr- a subscription to Cooks Illustrated. And the really cool thing about how they present the recipes isn't just, here, try this. It's, this is how this science works for this kind of recipe. And this is what we tried. And you know me, I'm a big geek on how things work. Mm-hmm. And so this format is really cool for me because they say well we did all this 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 and this and this okay so the but so the last thing though is the bottom line about the chocolate chip cookies they were good they were tasty, yeah they were good but the thing was is they're also huge yes so if you this is good for a one batch if it's it's probably good for a present batch like if you want to make a person or a family a batch of cookies mm-hmm. this is probably a good specialty batch you totally taste the toffee notes that you get from um, browning the butter and using more dark brown sugar. Mm-hmm. Not just, just having equal amounts of light brown, but this specifically calls for dark brown. So you totally get the toffee notes. But as Kid 3 said to me, he says, I've tasted, I get the, you sometimes get the toffee. I get that flavor in yours. Yes. I mean, here's the thing. And it's a way fuss, less fussy recipe. Well, I was, was, was going to say, you know, it was, the cookies were really good. They were really good. And they, because of the size, it felt like it was like a gourmet cookie. Right. Right. So it felt more special and, yes. and unique. Because you used, you had to use three tablespoons of dough to make this cookie. Wow. Because of how they were counting on the shape mm-hmm. to help it with the texture when it was finished so it was baking. crispy on the outside, so, yeah, the chewy outside, in the middle. Exactly. So if you made it smaller, yeah. it would not be the same texture. But having said that, with your standard go-to chocolate chip cookie, I mean, like, if this was... It, there, there was not much difference in the taste. Like... Yeah, I, I didn't you know, get much difference I, I would taste. be happy 
I'm not I'm not going to clamor for you to make the fancy cookie. Like next time you make chocolate chip cookies, I'm actually just going to ask you, can you make your chocolate chip cookies? Which is basically what the Nestle Toll House recipe, it's right? It's the Nestle Toll House recipe, but I also use milk, dark and and semi-sweet chocolate. I always use all butter, but I do not bake it the same day I make the dough. Right. You make the because dough a day before it is and let a, it chill. That's the that's the thing. You have to let the dough rest. Flour is hydroscopic. You want all of the liquids to sort of like get all done. Mm-hmm. And if you mix up a batch of chocolate chip, first off, this is this is the, the rookie problem everybody makes with chocolate chip cookie dough. You mix it all up. You're using softened butter, so it's already squishy. If you put it on your cookie doughs and cookie sheets and bake it, first couple of pans turn out great, don't they? And then all of a sudden, everything starts to spread and burn and whatever. Your dough is getting warmer sitting on the counter. And when you make your next batch of cookies, you're probably putting them on a warm sheet. Mm-hmm. So that's why pre-chilling the dough, and maybe if you let it sit for a day or two. I usually let mine sit at least 24 hours before I bake with it. And then I'll pull some out. And then like I'll make a triple batch so I can only bake a batch and then mm-hmm. have dough in the fridge. So the longer it sits, it's fine. But the thing is, is if you're going to make a batch of cookies, you have well, one Up to should. a limit, right? The like, longer it sits, it's fine. Up to a limit. Yeah, like, I'd say like bad. less, like four days. Okay. After that, freeze it. Um, 24 <coughs> to 36 hours is a great time for the dough to get all absorbed and the, the flour to get all fully uh, wet. But, um, but the thing is, is that once you've got your cookies out of the oven, let them sit on the sheet for a minute, finish baking on the warmth move them to a cook to the cooling rack turn your baking sheet over and run cold water on the back of it to cool the baking sheet back down again before you make your next batch of cookies that's genius well you're not already starting right the problem is is that if you use a warm thing you're you're already starting to melt your butter i get it i know i get it yeah it's just science that's smart though but that's all baking is, is chemistry and science. But there's some tricks to it. But I remember going to a cookie exchange at my sister's a really long time ago. And one of her husband's young, new co-workers baked chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> and she did that. She she did the rookie mistake. She just kept putting dough on warm things. And they just kept it getting thinner and crunchier and burned her. Yeah. My sister was so mad. Like, she was like, oh, how dare she send these cookies to my cookie exchange? I'm like, chill out. She she was, she was had a good thought. She just doesn't bake, obviously, because this is rookie mistakes. It's all good. Send, breathe in, breathe out. Yeah. Cookies. Cookies, I know. Well, we don't do any cookie exchanges here, but uh, not anymore. I used to like it when we lived in our old neighborhood in Fairfax County. You could probably get invited back to do it. I don't think they do them anymore. They actually don't really even play bunko anymore. Oh wow! I feel like part of me like pulled some fun out of the neighborhood when I left. I think. Well, you you probably did. did, I totally like what we had four parties a year. I know, but part of it is everybody's getting older too, you know, and you got a new crop of people moving in, and they just don't have the same traditions. No. Whatever. Um, all right. So that is probably going to do it for this edition of uh, 40 Acres and a Fool. I did want to say good luck to Mark in New Orleans, um, the gentleman who sent us the... Oh, yeah. I know. Mark, he follows me on Instagram. He was like, he wanted to see if we had any more... Uh, what did he want? He said, um, what do you call it? Grip and grin shots 
from us killing our possums. Oh. <laughs> so maybe the next time. Next Mark. time around. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Mark, uh, when I talked to him a few days ago, was getting ready to put an offer on a house that is like his homestead. It'll be perfect for him. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, and it sounded really serendipitous. So oh, I hope I, everything works out. Right. Fingers crossed. We're sending happy thoughts. Absolutely. Uh, and we would love to know what's going on in your world as well, whether you are, you know, getting ready for, uh, I don't know. I guess Thanksgiving. Yeah, getting ready for Thanksgiving, whether you're looking back on, on your garden, be it a, uh, you know, a little balcony plot or 40 acres of your own. We would love to hear from you. Again, the email address, 40acrefool at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, do we want to talk Thanksgiving next time around? Probably, because our Thanksgiving dinner, I don't think it's changed in uh, probably 20 years. I spent a couple of years messing around with turkey formulations to make the best tasting turkey, but... All the side dishes are the same. Yes. All right. Well, listen. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna pose a question. Oh yeah. And you don't have to answer it now. <laughs> we'll we'll answer it next week. And that is, if you could go with an untraditional Thanksgiving dinner this year, what would that dinner be? Since time. <laughs> since time began. Since time. Well, actually, since, since time the- immemorial. <laughs> Have you ever actually, it feels like time never ends or time's never going to end some nights when you have to think like, the biggest part of being a grown-up is you have to figure out how to make, what to make for dinner every night for the rest of your life, <laughs> right? Yes. I mean, that's one of those things. Like, if it's you by yourself or especially you with a family, like, you have to do that. Like, and people are like, I want to be a grown-up. No, no, no. But anyway, but I've always, like, speaking of making dinners, like, one of the things that I've always, always wanted to cook has been a stuffed crown roast of pork. And it's a specific rib cut, and it's the chops on the bone, and the bones are French so that you can take it, and it's... Okay, so it's like if it's a skinny bone and a big pea. Mm-hmm. So if it's if if you think about it like if so if it's the bone and then it's the letter P on the top if you flip it over so it becomes a lowercase D mm-hmm. then it's a line of bones and lowercase D's so that you pull the bones into the circle so that you get this crown. Okay. I have not. I know it exists because I've seen it made and I know it's a thing <laughs> because I don't make these things up. I mean, yeah. it's a crown roast of pork, but I cannot find a butcher who can do that. Hmm. How far afield have you looked around here? Well, I, I gave up because we don't live near where we have butchers. Well, but we <laughs> have our, Charlottesville, our we have butcher, Richmond. Our butcher didn't know what I was talking about when I wanted to get one made from our, one of our hogs. I, I'm just wondering. I bet we could find somebody in. I bet we could probably contact Wegmans and and ask for one. Yeah. If you if you give them a good enough time out. There's for a that. place called Belmont Butchery. Okay. There's also the Butcher at Bon Air. Oh well. Um, yeah, and then our the local little grocery store has supposedly got a great meat department. Maybe I should just go ask them if they can make. Maybe it for me. yes. I think that if that's what you would like to do, I think we need to go and pursue that. Let's shake things up a little this Thanksgiving. Because I can still make my stuffing. Right. As the stuffing. Yeah. And how awesome would the bacon sausage stuffing mm-hmm. be in a mm-hmm. piece of pork? Right. 
Yeah. All right. Let's. And if need be, we can still smoke a turkey breast and have turkey sandwiches afterwards. I got that trade. I got that turkey breast still in the freezer. I know. I just got to brine it and smoke it up. So. All right. So uh, yes, we would love to know your Thanksgiving plans. You going traditional this year? You going to go non-traditional? What are your must-haves? What do you don't bring that to the tables? And how many people do you do? Because I know there's some wackadoodle numbers out there. But, <laughs> uh, so what's really weird for me is that, um, I, I don't know. Well, obviously, people have seen our family picture, right? People have known I was married before. Yes. Okay. So my, my first husband, my two oldest children's father, was allergic to poultry. So we never went anywhere mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving dinner because I was afraid he would be poisoned and die. <laughs> um, because my even my mom, like the first time yeah. we were there for dinner, she went to move knife to fork from the pot roast to the whatever. And I, no, 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 no. Yeah, like he was oh, that wow. allergic. Okay. It, was, it was pretty bad. So that was a really big chunk of my learning curve for cooking for 12-something years right. was I never made. So the first year we were married, it was like, what do you want for Thanksgiving? And you looked at me like, wait, it's not turkey? So I've just, you know, it's one of yeah. those things like it's it was never my favorite thing anyway, but I've always made one. Right. <laughs> But but you're talking so you never had the big crowds because you well were because married. we could never go anywhere right. because there's you know between cross contamination and stuff so it was just always us little and then I moved to Oklahoma and then it was us little there because we didn't have much family there right and then we moved back to East Coast but it was still just us little it's so always yeah it's I think always our basically biggest, been our nuclear family yeah it's for the our most biggest part. Thanksgiving is it's just been the seven of us yeah. Which is fine, but I think part of that, and and we'll get into this next week. I'll leave it here. I think part of it is you wouldn't want to give up control, and nobody wants to invite you to eat their cooking on oh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> totally. No, I totally get it. I'm not. I I I have I have great respect and admiration for some of our friends because, uh, especially Julie Gunlock, like. She actively cooks with her sons in the kitchen to mm-hmm. make dinners and stuff. Like on a daily, like a, like that's a thing. Yeah, I hate cooking She's with awesome. my kids. I, I don't like cooking with other people because no, I have never, ever, ever, ever had a decent sized kitchen either. Right. And so I've had a one person kitchen for how many years? I don't like having to worry about telling somebody else how to do stuff because sometimes when I tell them to do something, them do it right anyway. I, I'm I have I'm still remembering one friend I asked her to dice me some celery and onions and oh they were not the right size. And this was like ten years ago. And you still remember. And I still remember it. So there you go. And I'm not gonna say who she is because Yeah, let's just like, leave it. Just stop oh, before you get into any trouble. Whatsoever. I know, so I know, but I'm just we've saying. Le- we've left you with plenty of topics to chime in on. Uh if you want to uh, rat out your friends, you Missy's can do so OCD as well. Thanksgiving kitchen plans. <laughs> 40 no, acres, it's not OCD. 40 really. acre fool at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, until we speak again. Oh, oh, oh. The yes. other thing, too. Corny Goat Crafts. All one words. Corny Goat Crafts. Yeah, all, all together. Um, we have some baby booties and a couple of women's or hats. They're a nice denim blue. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily women's. I changed the listing because I kind of called them chemo caps, but they're just close knitting hats for people who have short or no hair. Okay. So couple um, available and you are uh, you've been working on a couple of commission products i finished the last commission and now i am just frantically working on critters so on my desk right now looks like 
a charnel yard because I have <laughs> I have four arms and three legs. All right. For the next batch of, I think I'm making two sheep. Okay. Two more babets. At some point, um, and hopefully before Christmas, I want to commission a piece from Miss E. Uh, we'll leave this here. The three little pigs and the big, big bad wolf. Uh, and we're going to auction this one off. And at least a portion of the proceeds are going to go to the uh, F Cancer Foundation, I believe is the, is the, the yeah, charity of, of your choice. F asterisk. Under, well, it's like the fifth vowel. Mm-hmm. CK cancer.org is my uh cancer charity of choice um yeah because man everybody this you know last month was all pink 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 i know they make it hard the lung cancer is ripping is clear i know it's a clear ripping (laughs) i know it's like wrapping yourself in plastic wrap the fact that so many people you know get diagnosed with lung cancer you'd think they'd have an actual color not clear well the 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 pillow that they gave me after i had my surgery that removed the tumor Mm because they had me hold this pillow and it's shaped like a pair of lungs it was blue i would have thought lung cancer's ribbon would be blue one would have thought it's like the prototypical stereotypical color of air right, right. i know whatever but whatever but uh and and this was a randomly weirdly I, tangential ending of a show we've it, been trying to was. close this for a couple of times now. i know all right well we're gonna we're gonna end it here apparently we missed talking um, to you and to one another exactly and uh, and next week we'll give you an update on uh, missy but uh, the short version is we're hanging on right everything's everything's everything i'm on a, i am on a break the uh Officially, the last trial just wasn't working, so there wasn't any point in staying on the trial that was not going to work. Um, especially since when you go from trial to trial, there's almost always a hey, how you know you got to be so many weeks or days free, mm-hmm. clear from the last drug you were on. So right. if the drugs weren't working, there wasn't any reason to take them. I'm back with my original oncologist, and we're both like, well, they're really going slow, and I'm pretty healthy, and I feel fine right now. So we're just gonna take a break. I'm gonna eat, drink, and marry through the holiday season. I'm going to meet with him. And then him. hopefully there'll be another study open up. And, yeah, we're waiting. The 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 last study doctor, I let him know, you know, he's got two that are going to be starting possibly. There was one that we thought was going to be a thing, but it's closed. Um, and, you know, right now I don't really want to – it's the holidays. It's getting to be winter. I don't want to have to travel for very long to go right. for treatments. And I don't have to because, you know, they're starting studies left and right around here. So – and the nice thing is, is they're – all of them are super slow growing. Now, understandably, I have had the conversation with my oncologist. Yes, they are all super slow growing, but they grow in three dimensions. We have talked about geometry. I am really good at math. I get it. But right now, everything's fine. Yeah. All right. So we will end it there. Yep. Uh, until we speak again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot. And make stuff. And we'll talk to you soon with another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here from Blaze Podcast Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.